Welcome to the first episode of Ladies Eduettes in English. I'm Teresa Lux and I'm Global Director for Ladies Eduettes. And I'm Maria Nozaki, Regional Director of Ladies Eduettes for Europe, Middle East and Africa. In today's episode, we will meet one of our co-founders, Lizzie Kelly Dyson. She's Head of UX at Talk Talk in Manchester. She loves collaborating with people around the business to understand large and complex problems and distill them down into simple, easy-to-use products that delight users, and also co-founder of Ladies That UX. This episode was produced by Ladies That UX, edited by Domenica Mendes, and sponsored by Deploy, specialist in UX UI designers recruitment. LadyCast, a podcast filled with great UX content. This podcast is an initiative of Ladies at UX, a friendly, welcoming, and collaborative organization of intelligent and curious women who push UX boundaries, develop skills, and promote talent supporting each other. Lizzie, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's an honor. We want to know from the beginning, how did you decide you want to become a UX designer and how has your journey been so far? Thanks for having me. So I didn't know about UX when I first started. I just really enjoyed um, graphics, art, IT, and later on, I really enjoyed psychology in school. And I never thought that I would find an industry where all those things would come together. But I'm lucky enough that I work in UX now, which is everything. So I grew up and my dad was very techy. We had, he used to make computer games um, for old computers. So we always used to have old computers around the house and I think that got me into wanting to do something with technology but because I also enjoyed design I didn't know how to bring the two together but um web design to me felt like a sensible option I remember trying to decide between psychology or technology I guess um I went down the art route uh, I ended up doing graphics design at university so I ended up going to graphics design at university and I didn't really enjoy it because there was no way for me to bring at the time it was very print based so you know paint and paper but I wanted to get more into technology so I ended up leaving and I worked in coffee shops for a couple of years and then uh, well one year and then I ended up looking a year later and a web design course had come up and I decided to go for that so on that course we did coding and design we did wireframes and all that kind of stuff and because the course was so broad I ended up um, getting to try different I don't know skill sets out I went for my first job as a developer because I thought that was the only route that you could go down and ended up, instead of getting the development role, I ended up getting a role working for the head of strategy to sort of as a UX consultant. But I didn't really know what UX was at the time because it was so new. I ended up having to go home and Google what a UX consultant was. <laughs> so I was really lucky. Um, but I think they just saw that I was passionate about what I do and that I wanted to get into it. So I think people can learn skill sets. I think the most important thing is to be passionate because people will see that and want to support you. Wow, Lizzie, such an incredible story. It's always nice to look back and see how we were doing back in the beginning. Now you are head of UX at Talk Talk. Could you tell us more about what you do? Yeah, so I manage a team of designers um, and we we all work in sort of telecom. So Talk Talk is a telecoms provider in the UK. And during the pandemic, we've done a a variety of different roles but at one point we lost all our call centers so we had to find ways for 
our customers to contact us digitally first, so digital first experiences, which we were planning to do anyway, but it just rapidly increased the time that we had to do it in. And then we've also been looking at redesigning our whole website and bringing it up to date and trying to make it a digital first company. So I currently sort of work with all the stakeholders and help support the team in trying to do that. You would say it's a large company or it's a startup? Um, It's quite a large company. So in the UK, we probably have about six telecom, big telecom providers. Um, we've got BT, which has been around probably the longest. So they're the telephone company when we had when we were all landlines. Talk Talk came from a a mobile or, or a phone company and then pivoted and turned into internet probably about 10, 15 years ago. So yeah, we're the ones that want to be a value provider. So you've got Sky, which is high end glossy you pay a bit more and you get a lot of content whereas we want to be the one that gives drives the best value and gives the best product for the amount that you're spending awesome could you share your thoughts on leading women to all and creating a sense of community and belonging yeah so i think this has been a massive um part of my life um since getting leaving university um i think when i first started and I'd left university, there weren't any women out there or there weren't many. So we were going to lots of different meetups and there was a lot of guys there, which is not a bad thing, but it's it's nice to see other people like you in these meetups and to feel like you're not the only one out there doing it. So I think um, creating a community like Ladies at UXSB has changed probably the direction of my career massively and I think having women around the world or even in in my local community in Manchester has been amazing because you've got people that you can lean on and share stories or ask questions or ask someone for advice and I think in the past careers have been very much like self-driven and unless you've got a mentor or a sponsor that tends to be the only help that you get whereas when you've got communities like Ladies at UX, you've got a vast group of people that you can lean on for help when you need it, which I think is great. And vice versa, you can help other people. Amazing. Many people ask, and we are also curious, what does it mean to be a lady that UX? Mm, that's a good question. I think it's as simple as supporting and, and promoting other women in the industry. I think when we're a minority in an industry it's really important to have each other's backs and um, just be there and be friendly so it's I've heard people describe it as a sisterhood in the past which is uh, really nice to hear because I grew up as a bit of a tomboy and didn't really have any sort of girlfriends so I think having other women out there that are supportive and um, and there for you is, is great that's that's what it's all about The community was born in 2013. How was the female participation in UX and technology at the time? I don't know about technology. That's changed massively in the time that I've been in my career. But I think women in the industry has changed massively. So when I first started, we were lucky to see one or two women a meetup, which is why we created Ladies at UX. But now if you look at meetups or go to any, you see much more diversity in those groups. And I think it's down to 
the industry getting more traction and being more visible and seeming like a cool industry to get into, I think it's still got a long way to go. But I think we're starting to see more women at the top and in leadership roles, which means that becomes a more visible role for other people or women starting out to say, like, see that this actually is a career path that um, I've got a chance to you know a path in can see where it's going to take me i think when i first started out i was like oh there's no there's hardly any women in this industry that means i've got a great opportunity to make my own role or make my own path i think having more women there makes it feel more accessible to people that are starting out which is great so as more people get into it hopefully the closer we'll get to 50 50 inequality in in the industry Yeah, I completely agree with that. So what was the moment when you and George realized that a movement like Ladies at UX was needed? Um, going back to those meetups, I guess, where we saw that there weren't many women coming out. We knew that they must be out. Um, why weren't they coming to these meetups? Which is why we've marketed it specifically at, at women. We thought that by having it ladies at UX and making a safe space for women to be there, then um, we would get more women coming along. But I think it was really important to find more people and support women in the industry when it was so male dominated at the time. <laughs> awesome, really awesome. What were the goals and ambitions that you had for the project at the time? Did you imagine that it would be something so big and important even 10 years after you started? Not at all. <laughs> so the goals that we had were literally to find other women when it first started. And we've definitely done that because when we first started, we were called Ladies at UX Northwest in the UK, which was for Manchester. And then as more groups started to create their own meetups, we thought, mm, this doesn't really work anymore. And then we had a group that started in Antonio in Canada. And we realized that actually Northwest doesn't really work anymore because the Northwest is is Canada for us so um, it's not really Manchester anymore so we ended up sort of updating that I think we thought that we might get a few more cities opening in the UK but we never thought that it would be global so yeah it's far far exceeded our expectations <laughs> amazing I had no idea about the first name that you have chosen for Ladies That UX interesting so what would you say is the main goal of the community I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier around um, supporting and promoting women in the industry. I think there can be cases where women have had to fight so hard to get to where they are that they find it difficult to support other women or, you know, there's that sort of mentality. But really, here, we're here to be a friendly and open community to support and promote each other. After starting the activities in Manchester, do you remember how the first chapters of Ladies That Works come about? Yeah, so we ended up, as I mentioned, we went to a few meetups and me and Georgie went to one and decided to go for a drink afterwards. And we had a couple of glasses of wine and um, got chatting about what we would like to do if we created our own own meetup. So we thought because of what we're trying to achieve, it'd be nice to do something different, like slightly differently and to create a space where you could talk to the person next to you and um, build up like a friendship or, you know, a bit more of a community. And instead of having talks or 
a more formal atmosphere. So our first meetup, we decided to put an Eventbrite page together and um, created a Twitter account. And we just followed loads of women in Manchester and said, we're starting this thing. Does anyone want to come? And just hoped for the best. And then uh, actually <laughs> we got eight women to our first event, which was eight women that we didn't know existed. So that was amazing. It's great that people came along and look where we are now. It makes me remember our first meeting in Sao Paulo. It was about... Ten girls, almost. <laughs> Just small. Yeah, but I think, I guess going back to the goals of the community, it's not about size. So, you know, you have meetups in London that have like hundreds of people turning up because there's a lot of big tech companies there and the London meetups sell out in minutes. Whereas we have had meetups that have had, you know, two people in really rural areas that might meet up once a month and they have a coffee and um, just have a really great evening just chatting and sharing stories and, and go away feeling energised and refreshed by it because they both work in companies where they're the only woman there working in that role. So it's more about the value that people get out of it than the amount of people that come along to a meetup, which I think is quite important. Yeah, I also remember the first event that we did here in Milan where we had only four people coming because actually it was a day of strike, oh, wow. of public transporting strike. So no one came in the end, like, but it was awesome. Like we had conversation with people that I haven't met before in my life. And I think also because the group was so small, we could actually talk about the things that were going on with us at work mm -hmm. and also being ladies that you ask in general so it was really nice i remember that that's nice a lot yeah. we <laughs> have um different types of events in manchester and they i don't know we've mixed it up sometimes we have breakfast mornings and it means that people that normally are doing school runs are able to make it along before they start work and they're normally really nice there's probably about eight of us normally in the mornings and they're just really informal get a chance to have a chat and a coffee and some food and then head off to work so yeah it's nice to have a different variety of events yeah it's true so how did the community end up reaching so many chapters in so many regions and how was your first contact with the regional directors I think it all just traveled over social media and word of mouth. And as we got more and more cities signed up, the more and more noise we made. So I think that's how we grew. And I think because it was a grassroots kind of, you know, from the ground up um, and we were solving a problem that I think resonated with a lot of women out there out there um i think that's what made it grow so quickly and we were also just before the big women in tech movement that happened just before cheryl sandberg launched her book and there were a lot of senior women um talking about their roles and so i think it was the right thing at the right time but also it resonated with people which i think definitely made it you know, something that people wanted to get involved with and then the my first contact with the regional directors I guess that was when we started to realize how big it was and that we needed help supporting all these different communities so we sort of reached out to the different cities and asked if there was anybody that would want to help out I think Clara who's still involved was one of the first ones and um she's still 
yeah, still with us today, helping ladies at UX out. So I think it's just been invaluable because ladies at UX is all volunteer led. And it's just great that we've got women out there that are so passionate about helping and supporting other people as their careers develop. Um, So they've gained value out of the community and now they're at the point where they can start to give back. It's been great. Awesome. Easy. What are the expectations for the future? I know people often ask you that, but uh, <laughs> very much. How would you like the ladies at UX to be in five or six years from now? Well, I guess we've always said if ladies at UX is doing doing the right thing, then we make ourselves, what's the word, sort of obsolete. So we don't need ourselves. We want to be decreasing the gender divide in the technology space and the UX space. But I think we're a while away from that so it would be great to launch our digital community and enable more and more people to get involved so that it doesn't matter where where you are in the world or if you want to run a meetup or if you just want to um get involved in the conversation i think that would be an amazing place to get to but um as we are volunteers and we a lot of us juggle day jobs things take longer than we we would do if we were all sort of dedicated to it so i think yeah We'll get there. It just takes time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, because since the pandemic hit, I think it's easier to to get more in touch with other chapters around the world. Mm-hmm. Also, getting involved with other communities that are not mandatorily based in your city. So it will be amazing to think about the future like that. Yeah, I think that's something that we've seen a lot over the last year with the flight. It's been really interesting to see. How about you? Have you joined any meetups from other cities during the pandemic? Yeah, I I did a lot, especially for the events in Brazil when I can. Obviously, because of the time zone difference, sometimes it's hard to follow everything. But mm-hmm. also some events in the US and I think it was very nice. What about you, Teresa? Uh, I've attended some meetups from Dallas, from Seattle. And I think that I believe that the culture exchange is very rich when you meet people from other countries, add another edit. And it's really amazing to see how they... They work the same subjects. We are all UX designers, but we lead in a different way. We see things in a different way. It's really rich for us. And I like to to remember the word that Sister Lizzie told us about creating a sisterhood. People are, from ladies that UX are also, every time, helping each other. It's really nice to, to see how we are welcome in every kind of meeting from ladies that works i'm really grateful for that that's good to hear yeah i think the seeing the cultures coming together around the world is amazing that's uh, great to see let's have more of that so lizzie what would you say to lizzie from the past seeing that today you have created such an important movement for so many people around the world what would your advice be for her This is a really good question. I think keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone is probably, I found it really difficult to begin with. I'm quite a a flip between being introverted and extroverted. And um, so especially fresh out of uni, I found it really hard work to go to those meetups. But I knew that by doing so, that would help strengthen my network and sadly sometimes it can be like who you know out there and they can sort of connect you to other people and if you've got 
good friends in the industry they'll sort of support you and and mention your name I don't think I don't think that happened that much at the beginning of my career but I think definitely getting yourself out there and getting confident and learn, every time you go out to these kind of events you learn something new so that has massively helped um so and I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm comfortable with feeling uncomfortable constantly so I think that just comes with time and practice but I don't think anybody's ever always comfortable with being uncomfortable but I think you sort of get used to it so keep doing that I like to think uh, how different could, would be my career if there was a community like ours when I was younger I think it would be awesome yeah this is true with people supporting and giving advice not this comfortable environment yeah I think UX and the technology industry is really nice for that like I think it's one of the few industries I know out there where people are willing to give up so much time mentoring and supporting um, to see other people come into it which is great to see Lizzie what do you have to say to the ladies who are now involved in the community whenever it is leading chapters projects participating in meetings collaborating with content volunteering in short dedicating their time and talent to the cause. Well, it would have to be just a massive thank you for everything that you are doing because it wouldn't be where it is today without any of your time and effort. And I know that um, we're a volunteer-based group, so everything that happens is on top of what you're doing as day jobs or whatever else it is that you're doing, but is really important. And everything that you they're involved in is got us to the point where we're in between like is it 70 80 chapters worldwide and if you think about all the people in those cities supporting and promoting women on sort of like a monthly daily basis how much that's going to change the industry as we go forward and get more and more women into tech so it is having a big difference i think and we can sort of see that in how much ladies at ux has changed over the years so we really appreciate it and hopefully we're making the ux industry uh it's gonna sound really cheesy but a nicer <laughs> uh, like a friendly a friendly place to for people to get involved and start their careers amazing what kind of advice would you give to someone who is starting their career or transitioning to ux i would say Having that community around you to learn from other people is so invaluable. So I think being open to advice and I think it can be very easy to try and prove that you're, you know, you're fresh out of uni, you want to prove that you're an expert in your area, but really it's a it's a journey and nobody expects you to come out fully polished and ready to go. So I think being open and willing to learn from others and building up a, your own network or community of people that you can um, lean on and listen to their advice. I think it's really important. Lizzie, uh, could you share with us a really fun time that you had in the community, something memorable? Ooh, there's loads. I've had, we did uh, before COVID in Manchester, we had our yearly birthday party and one year one of the agencies magnetic north um sponsored our birthday party and they'd created a digital rooftop garden um and we ended up having this amazing rooftop garden party on a saturday afternoon and everybody just we brought like food and drinks and everybody just had a great time we had like mini golf and um like loads of little games and i think you know it doesn't always have to be about going to 
some talk or anything like that. It was just celebrating the the community. Um, So that was really good fun. Also, I I was incredibly lucky to get to go to Taipei. So we do a yearly conference called Talk UX and um, getting to go to Taipei and meet all the amazing women out there was incredible. So that was a memory that will stay with me forever. So getting to uh, each year I've been lucky enough to go to the conferences apart from sadly last year because of Covid but um, I will come and see you Teresa in Brazil at some point <laughs> <laughs> I hope I really hope yeah. so in Milan also me, me yes. too yeah in Milan. I think that's great getting to experience other people's cities and, and cultures is is great it's amazing. I love this opportunity of Takuex, uh, of our meeting each other from every region, every part of the world. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's great. And then hosting people as well, coming to Manchester last uh, the year before last was great as well. It was a really fun and relaxed conference, so it was good to have people over for that. So guys, uh, we ended our talk today with Lizzie, the co-founder of Ladies WX, a community so loved that changed the lives of so many women who work with technology around the world. If you have an interesting topic to share or would like us to invite a special lady to talk with us, go to podcast.ladiesdaddywax.com and you will find how to send a message to our lady casters. See you soon. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. This episode was produced by Ladies Daddy Wax, edited by Domenica Mendes, and sponsored by Deploy, specialist in UX UI designers recruitment. Music